Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is our 18th show of 2020, and the response so far this year has been absolutely tremendous. My name is Frank Sakari, and you are listening to Life-Altering Events on the VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment Channel. Now, since we started this show about six months ago, the question that I get asked most often is, you know, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And this is what I tell people every week. A life-altering event is something we either choose or something that's thrust upon us that dramatically alters the trajectory of our life. Now, what a life-altering event presents us with, however, is a choice. We can have an opportunity. We can seize the moment and make a difference in our life and in the lives of our loved ones. Because we have a choice, we, have, we can go one of two ways. We can choose to fall apart. Or we can choose to find the courage, pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. Remember this. It is never too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. Now, as you listen to the show over the coming weeks and months, and I hope years, I urge you to think about participating in an upcoming episode. Now, if you've had a life-altering event that you think could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page on voiceamerica.com, click on email the host, and tell me about this event that so so drastically altered your life. What happened, what the impact was on your life, where you are now. We'll review it for content, and if it fits well, we'll put it into the program and contact you about using it in a future broadcast. We are now approaching 30,000 listeners in 20 countries. So let me help you share your story with the world. Well, today we're broadcasting from San Diego, California, and Stratford in Great Britain. So this is our first international uh, conversation that we've had since we started this show. And our topic today, our life-altering event today is men and relationships. Now, when I was approached by book publisher Sacred Stories, they asked me, would you be interested in doing an episode regarding a man's perspective on relationships? So I had to think about that. I said, first, I was intrigued. I said, let's face it. This is a topic that does not get a lot of press or exposure, mainly because men don't openly talk about their emotions or fears or insecurities regarding relationships. So I asked for more information. I wanted to make sure that the book wasn't a macho Neanderthal who was going to do bashing of women or bashing of men's relationships. And knowing the people at at Sacred Stories, I'm sure that was not going to be the case. But they sent me the book, and it was not disappointed. Okay, This book is not only a good read, but it is a vehicle for authentic discussion between men 
and women. I was not disappointed by the author, Miguel Dean, and the name of the book is Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. If you have not got this book, order it. I will bet you, as you read it, you're going to say, oh my God, this could be written about me. And that resonated with me over and over as I read this book. Now, believe it or not, ladies, the vast majority of men want a deep and meaningful relationship. They want to share their life and their hope and their dreams. But there seems to be a major problem for many of us is that we don't know how. Much of the culturization of men goes back to the cavemen days. And that is hide your emotions. Don't show any vulnerability. Fix everything yourself. Take action rather than engaging in a meaningful dialogue with your partner. The stereotypical male reaction is to withdraw or become angry, both of which are relationship poison. I've been told by the number of women we've had on the show who talk about relationships and issues and obstacles that they've faced that women will process the action and reaction of men both internally and with their friends. While men tend to withdraw more, ignore potential warning signs, which adds more poison into the relationship. So let's explore this with my guest, Miguel Dean, the author of Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. Miguel, welcome to Life Altering Events. Thank you very much, Frank. It's a, a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to, to listen to that uh, yeah, really comprehensive and uh, insightful introduction. So thank you. Well, it's a pleasure. I love the book. I read the whole thing in one night. It was one of those books. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is me. I can see me. So when I was reading your book, Miguel, we discovered a term, conscious relationship. Right, tell the listeners, what do you mean? What is a conscious relationship? Okay, so, yeah, for, for me, a conscious relationship is one in which ideally both parties, but sometimes it can be one and sometimes it's more one than the other, but there, but there is an understanding that the purpose of the relationship is to, is to bring you home to yourself. So there's kind of like, you know, two, two levels really. You're, you're working a, a relationship with a, another person but what happens in a conscious relationship is that when issues arise, then instead of pointing the finger and blaming the, the, your partner, you ask yourself the question, okay, so what is this triggering inside me? What, what, why are the, what, what is it about what she is saying or what she is doing that I am finding challenging? And so the, it, it, a conscious relationship promotes a deep level of self-inquiry. And it's it's an inquiry into how do I become at peace with myself? How do I become complete unto myself rather than trying to uh, sort of force the other person to complete me? How does that sound? That sounds excellent. Now, there's going to have to be an awful lot of introspective work to come to that realization now you advise and coach a number of people and, and do presentations what do you say to people how do you find that how do you start the process of trying to get that find out who your inner self is mm. 
It's a good question. And it's, um, I mean, you know, I, I guess when I look back, um, because everything that I share, you know, is always from my own experience, Frank. I'm not a big academic. Um, you know, I'm not a big student. I, I, I'm a student of life, if, if you like. And because, you know, I had such a deep wounding when I was young, it, it kind of forced slash motivated me, you know, to, to, to look inside to try and find peace with myself uh, because the life that I was living, you know, I was really unhappy and, and life wasn't good. So, you know, the world teaches us to look outside, you know, a better job, a next relationship, more money, a different place to live, uh, you know, or something like that. But actually, you know, when I pursued quite a few of those things, it was like, okay, so it's not out there. Okay, maybe I need to start looking inside myself. And it was beginning to work with a with, with a counsellor that really, you know, began opening things up for me, um, just having a, a conversation. And he began asking me questions about my childhood. And it was only really then that I un- began to understand that the way that I'm operating as a man, as an adult, is largely programmed by our early experiences, by the traumas, by the um the relationship we have with our caregivers and so on but you know i, I think the succinct answer that was a bit long-winded is um, no, that's okay Explain. you know find somebody find somebody um you know a good counselor or a therapist or yeah schedule a session with me and uh you know and, and when you are in that safe held space when you feel safe and you feel, and it's confidential and so on and then you can begin to just unfurl a little bit like a you know like a rosebud just uh, unfurling a little bit in the, in that safe environment and begin begin you will begin seeing patterns and joining up little dots how challenging is it for you when you when you meet with these men that they they start to open up is it is it the first session is it take time how how difficult is it to get a, a man to say you know i need help here it, it, it's extremely difficult um and, and you know for, for the record frank i'm the majority of my clients are still women i'm working mostly with, with women and a lot of the work that i'm doing with them is on their wounded masculine if you like you know they've had negative experiences uh, with fathers, carers, lovers, and so you know, it's beginning to trust man again, and therefore, you know, and at the same time, heal their inner masculine that has been distorted or you know, wounded by their experiences. But with men, it's <clears throat> it's really tricky, you know. I mean, you know, you, you know, one of the worst things that we hear uh, as boys when we're growing up is "big boys don't cry." So what happens is, you know, we have this great big cultural banner that is, um, you know, subtly uh, imposed upon us through the movies, through media, through advertising, you know, the, of what it is to be a man. And part of that is not to show, not to feel, not to express anywhere near the full range of emotions, you know, which are... Um, available to us as human beings 
So what tends to happen is that men get locked in their heads. A lot of women as well, but men more so. And so, you know, they leave the heart, they leave the body, which is the feeling center, and they're kind of trapped in a prison of their own mind. And, you know, we, we are supposed to work in balance with our minds and our hearts, with our, you know, logic and our thinking and our feeling. So, you know, for most men, it's, 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 it's very difficult, um, you know, to, to make that journey to begin to open up and, um, you know, start revisiting the heart. I found what you said extremely interesting that more women will come uh, and interact with you than with men. And we've had a, a number of women on the show, and, 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 and they'll say, yes, we're, we, we will go out and we will look and we will seek and we'll try to find help. And then if they're in a marriage-type relationship, then the, the man will come when it's, when it's near the end. they say, look, we either do this or it's over. Yeah. Okay. And in, in like in my case, there was this resistance, like, you know, how dare you? You know, you, you've threatened me like this. And it's it's important that the men who are listening here you, you understand that you have to have a dialogue. You have you just you just can't talk at each other. You have to talk with each other. Is that right? That's absolutely spot on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I always say that communication is the bridge that collect that connects human beings. We have to keep the communication going. Um, and in my, you know, I, I guess my book and my story is 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 slightly different. Uh, to most <clears throat> because I, I'm a communicator you know I, I need to communicate um, and, and, and talk and my lover my twin flame in, in the story she she was more masculine in a way she would shut down and she found it very difficult to communicate so you know that that combination of, of the two of us you know as, as you're obviously aware because you've read the book Mm-hmm. was kind of like the trigger that, you know, forced me to revisit some of my childhood trauma and, and transform some of those early wounds. Now, what do you, what do you see the challenges versus the rewards of this conscious relationship? Well, the challenges are that when you, when you revisit the heart and when you start to understand that what your partner is doing that you are finding challenging is because it has got some... Um, some roots in your childhood, then it makes it really difficult. You, you know, you, you have to have courage to go to those places, you know, to those sort of dark places within yourself, those sort of closed off rooms, you know, that, that, that you didn't want to revisit. But you have to go, you have to go to those places in order to feel and transform now what was, wasn't felt and transformed at the time of the trauma so that's the you know that really is the biggest challenge and you know it's it's so sort of taboo you know to 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 fall apart and to feel broken and to uh and and to cry and to to be on your knees but it seems in my experience you know that that was part of the part of the journey the journey back to the heart because i had to kind of like go through all that um old um, pain in, in, and dissolve that in order to sort of access my, you know, feeling heart. The challenge, the, the, the gifts are, uh, you know, that brings me totally to the gifts, which are you access the heart again. 
you know when you begin healing those wounds you, you can have a deeper relationship with yourself you're more at peace with yourself and the relationship can go to to, to depths and, and levels you know that were previously unobtainable when the heart is not accessed one of the things I, I really loved about this book is that the two characters are both flawed. They have uh, demons, as you just mentioned, that have affected their life or their ability or lack of ability to completely love someone. And you mentioned something that that's caught my that really caught my attention in the, in the book is uh, the journey to an intimate connection as opposed for settling for the more common relationship model of codependency explain that mm. well I, you know I, it, it seems to me when I look around that the the majority of relationships are built on codependency to, to some are built on codependency to, to some extent and you know I'm not saying that, that, that that's wrong um, you know it's up to each in, you know individuals partners you know, how, how they choose to live their relationships. But for me, it just, it, it just wasn't possible. You know, I wanted the, I, I wanted the whole banquet, you know, I, I wanted all of it. And so, um, you know, intimate connection, it's just got, it just has so many more deeper levels, you know, it, but it, but it means that we don't busy ourselves with, um, addictions you know with getting busier at work and sort of being ships in the night and just kind of cohabitees it's just a completely different ball game you know it's a completely different ball game and I, and I think it's almost been forgotten the the possible and the potential depths of love and intimacy and connection you know I, I think we settle for the scraps from the table you know because this is what's uh, put forward you know by Hollywood and and uh, by mainstream media. Let's hold that thought right there. We're going to come up on a break here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having a tremendous conversation here with Miguel Dean, who is the author of the book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. And this is a book that it talks about relationships from a man's perspective. We don't see that very often. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. 
from the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is one of the most interesting conversations we've had on Life Altering Event. This is Men and Relationships. And we're talking to the author, Miguel Dean, of a book called Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. And what's so intriguing about this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is we have a man talking about a man's perspective. Now, how often does that happen? You need to hear this episode. Miguel, We was as we were going to the break there, we talked about uh, the difference between having an intimacy versus a codependency. And I think you did a great job explaining that. Um, you mentioned it throughout the book. There's uh, the term twin flame or twin paths between these two characters. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Mm, yeah, sure, sure. Now, what, what, what I'm going to share, the, the share here may be <clears throat> a little... <clears throat> excuse me, a little controversial possibly because a, a lot of people in the sort of twin flame community believe that your twin flame <clears throat> is like, you know, your soul has been cut in half and you are half of the soul and your twin flame is the other half and that when you find each other, you know, there, then there is completion. Uh, I don't buy into that. That that sounds to me like, a, you know, just a, a sort of side uh, a, a sort of new agey Hollywood version that, you know, somebody else will complete me rather than taking responsibility and realizing that, you know, I, I can find completeness within myself. I am complete unto myself. So I, I, my experience is that every relationship has the potential to be a conscious relationship if we choose it to be, you know, we can we can heal ourselves we can come closer to the divine, if you like, uh, to, to and get in touch with our deeper spirituality through relationship. Now, a twin flame relationship is, is kind of like a catalytic. If you sort of turn up the volume and, and ramp up a conscious relationship, it's like a really powerful um, opportunity to, you know, as the book suggests, to come home to yourself to come home to love, to come home to, you know, the, to the heart. And, you know, before I met my twin flame, I had made a pledge and, and I had said to life, 
I am ready. You know, I, I am committed. I will do whatever it takes to heal these wounds that have been sabotaging my relationships, you know, all of pretty much all of my life. So I made that deep commitment. And then this beautiful woman showed up in my life. And I guess some of the key components of the twin flame thing really is that everything that is not love will be brought to the surface to be healed through the relationship. You will see all those dark aspects and those old stories and old traumas within yourself, but they will come up fast and quick. The honeymoon period tends to <laughs> tends to pass rather rather swiftly. And yes, it does. Yourself, yeah, and you and you find yourself, you know, in in in, in amongst this this deep soul searching work and this kind of like healing work. Um, the the other key aspect for me of a twin flame relationship is that it has the potential, what they call in the spiritual community, to, to, to birth the divine child, that the, 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 the whole is more than the sum of the parts. And in the two of you coming together, often something extra, something beautiful in service of, uh, of the collective of humanity is born out of that relationship. Now, for me, my understanding of that is the book, bring him home you know obviously you know i could never have written this true story if i hadn't experienced it and i felt really guided to write it because it it was almost a bit of a kickback to 50 shades of gray <laughs> it, it was we need a different narrative we need a different version of intimacy and sex and passion and closeness and you know and relationship from a from a man's perspective and so you know I, I believe that the book was was kind of like divinely birthed through me through the relationship you know in order to help men to help women understand men and to help us you know generally to just have a different perspective a different take on the truth about relationships and love one of the things that the connection I made with this, Miguel, is what I've heard most of my life is you find your soulmate, and this soulmate will be with you throughout, forever. And you point out in the book that the success of a relationship is not dependent on it lasting forever. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I guess the, the, the next line of that is that the success of a relationship is dependent on how deep you travel, how, how deep you go and to what extent, you know, you heal and transform any wounds that you might have in order to come home to yourself. Because the twin flame for me is all about the twin flame that we have within ourselves. We have, you know, the complementary opposites of the masculine and feminine energy. And it doesn't matter too much whether you're in a male body or a female body. We both have that same um, balance uh, of different, you know, different traits, different energies, the masculine or the feminine energy. And, and when I'm talking about masculine and feminine, I'm not talking about gender specific. This is these, you know, the masculine energy is more proactive and penetrative and uh, action and, and speaking, whereas the feminine energy is more being and stillness and receptivity and openness it's a 
you know, but, but they are both needed in balance. And this is the purpose of conscious relationship is to bring the balance to our own inner twin flame, because it, it's kind of like that's the it's almost like that's the precursor to, to being at peace. And, you know, all this stuff that's bandied about, about, you know, loving yourself. This is a practical, clear path to actually achieve that. I believe that uh, most of the people listening around the 20 countries around the world that have uh, listened to this show, I believe that most of the listeners are, have struggled or are struggling with their relationship. Now, in your experience, uh, and you've investigated this deeply, why do you think so many relationships are struggling? <laughs> well, yeah. I think the key, well, there are a few things. Uh, what the first things? That, the first things that come to mind are we're given so little guidance on how to do relationships successfully. You know, we just pick up stuff sort of secondhand or unconsciously, uh, you know, as I've mentioned, you know, through the movies, through love songs, through through advertising uh, and so on. So, so there's very little accurate guidance of, you know, um, you know prevention you know there there are people that you can go and see when it's falling apart but it seems to me you know shouldn't relationships be the the primary um, subject on the school curriculum you know i mean if we get relationships right and of course you know the root of all relationships is the relationship with ourself so mindfulness and you know know thyself is, is of vital importance so, you know, the, the, the fact that we have so little guidance, you know, we live in such an unmindful society, I think, you know, is, is, is a big factor. We're, we're so busy, um, you know, it seems that increasingly you have to run faster and faster just to stay still. We live in a society that encourages addictions, you know, busyness, shopping, food, um, you know, all sorts of uh, the the media, you know, advertising constantly, you know, encouraging us to consume, 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 and and actually at the root of all addictions, because I discovered this myself in overcoming my own addictions, is is the need for intimacy and connection. We either get busy, we get addicted to avoid the um, the, the the feeling that we are disconnected and we're separate, and how uncomfortable that feels. Or we choose activities, addictions that simulate, uh, usually for a short term, that feeling of, of connectedness. That is, that's outstanding. It's very, very true. I, Miguel, I've met with um, uh, a legislator in Arizona who's on the education committee in Arizona. And one of the things that she has been uh, discussing, uh, whether or not it will actually happen, is to add into the schools something called character development, particularly the art of dialogue, meaning listening to understand as opposed to listening to respond. Mm. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, abso absolutely. I remember that from one of the seven habits of highly effective people, uh, Stephen Covey's work, and uh, yeah, seek first to understand and then be understood. Um, you know, this communication, 
the, the, the tricky thing is because I, I, I've worked with, with youth in the past and I worked in the education system for a number of years is, you know, the, the, the key way that so many young people learn or that we all learn is through absorption. So it's all very well, you know, having a curriculum where we, you know, we spend two hours a week, you know, learning about communicating. But if then if if unconsciously, you know, the, the, the old or the um, ineffective dysfunctional form of communicating, uh, you know, pervades, then, you, you know, it's, it's just a drop in the ocean, really. And in extending this idea of absorption, what I saw in schools was the teachers weren't modeling it. It's like the teachers have to live it and breathe it and do it th themselves. And then the kids will just kind of absorb it. You know, there doesn't actually need to be a curriculum. If, if you just get teachers being the, this new way of communicating and this new way of being, then, you know, that's what will make a massive difference. But, you know, I, I'm not knocking the your your friends, um, you know, potential project because we we have to start somewhere. You know, we have to start somewhere. And then it has to be reinforced, and that's the key: is going back home, dealing with your friends, not allowing your friends to take you into a a man bashing, woman bashing type of dialogue or type of conversation. Yeah. And just back away and be if you get that self-realization i think that's the point she was trying to get to is you get self-realized as you've been talking about the whole time here mm -hmm. this is excellent um again one of the things that and i hope i pronounce this right the term that you use quite a bit in the book is kundalini energy did i pronounce that right yeah, it's, well, it's pretty good, yeah. I think you pronounced it right, just with a slight American accent, which I'll let you off for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, the Kundalini, Kundalini energy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know a massive amount about this, um, but what I do know is that, you know, the mystics and spiritual teachers talk about it an awful lot, and, and it's actually a, a, a sort of like a coil of, of energy that resides at the base of our spine and that as we wake up spiritually as we wake up to the truth of who we really are beyond the illusion of this this uh, you know human stories that we live then the kundalini energy starts to permeate uh, up the spine and travel up the spine which uh, you know and travels through the different chakra systems uh, through, through the different chakras so the, the, there is an awakening, you know, there is an awakening on a, on, on, on a spiritual level. And, you know, I became aware, it's happened to me a couple of times, that as we become more conscious, there is potential um, for, in, for, for individuals to awaken the kundalini in, in others. And, and that was what happened with, you know, as, as you know, with myself and my partner. She was already... You know, she had had some brief sort of kundalini experiences, but when we came together and, and in our lovemaking, something really powerful was activated. And, you know, and I think that for the most part that happened for her in sort of tremors and just sort of unusual sensations and unusual experiences. Some people experience jolts, uh, you know, and there's this kind of expansion uh, of the mind in a uh, just an, an, an opening uh, and a healing that takes place. 
But yeah, the Kundalini energy, it takes many different, I've heard many different people talk about, you know, their experiences with Kundalini. It, 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 it takes many different forms, but it's, yeah, essentially it's, it, it's an energy that resides at the base of the spine. And as, and as we awaken, as we become more conscious, as we become, come home to the heart and unite the twin flame um, alchemy within ourselves, then the Kundalini uh, energy begins to uh, awaken and uncoil like a serpent. Well, thank you. That was an excellent uh, explanation of that because I read it and I looked it up and, and I said, I got to ask him about this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're up against another break here. Don't go away. This is a fascinating conversation with Miguel Dean. We're going to be right back. This last section is going to be the best yet. Do not go away. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Sakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or you can send an email to Life Altering Events Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are having. A conversation that you simply do not want to miss with Miguel Dean, who is the author of Bring Him Home, a twin flame love story. And for men and women out there around the world who are listening to this and will listen to it on, on, on demand afterwards, you need to hear this because this is 
a man's perspective on relationships, and that's something that we don't hear very often. So Miguel has been very generous and opened up uh, talking about his book and about his own experiences, and we want to continue here. Miguel, one of the things that I've read about constantly is, is vulnerability, and why is allowing yourself to be vulnerable, which we're all taught don't be vulnerable, so important for a successful relationship? Mm. Yeah, what I've discovered, Frank, is that vulnerability is actually a superpower. When you can be vulnerable and you allow yourself, I guess it's probably a good idea to kind of define, uh, define vulnerability. My definition of vulnerability is, is just allowing myself to be seen, um, you know, all of myself. It's not that I have to hide certain aspects. And I suppose that's, <clears throat> that's really powerful because once we don't have to hide anything, the only reason we would hide st- aspects of ourselves is because of shame or guilt or, you know, so those sorts of not very um, productive sort of energies. So when we're vulnerable and we reveal ourselves, all of ourselves, warts and all, it's kind of like breathing a big sigh of relief. It's like, okay, I don't need to pretend. It's 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 taking honesty, self-honesty to a whole new level because we're being honest with ourselves and saying, hey, you know, every day I do my best to be the best version of, of who I am. And part of that is accepting my imperfections and my flaws. It, it, that's what it is to be human. It, I'm always going to come up short if I expect myself to be perfect. So there's a great liberation in being vulnerable. And what I've discovered through my books uh, that, that I've written, and which are, is, you know, it's often one of the number one comments, you know, um, that, that, that it's very raw and, and vulnerable, is that it's part of my service to the collective because because when when one person is vulnerable and you know and shares their you know their shortcomings and so on everybody else breathes a sigh of relief as well and and says oh it's not just me you know a, a little bit like you know at the beginning of our conversation frank where you were reading when you said you you loved reading the book and quite often you were you were sort of saying to yourself oh my goodness that you know th- this could be me so many people you know come back with with that feedback and and because i believe in my experience what what i call we're all living different versions of the same story you know we all have this range of emotions some of them are extremely challenging we all have our traumas our challenges our ups our downs our joys our pains but you know, we've been taught to just share, you know, what I call the skippy, rainbow, sunshiny bits. But, it, it, you know, by doing that, we're denying half of ourselves. We're denying half of life because we live in the world of duality. There, you know, there has to be pain in order for there to be joy. There has to be night for there to be day. There has to be masculine for there to be feminine. So, you know, it, it's just an embracing and acceptance of ourselves and, and the whole of life really is is, is all encompassed in, in that magical world uh, vulnerability. As I was reading the book, Miguel, one of the statements that was that was in there again that resonated is if you don't love yourself, you're never going to be able to love another one. Now, why do you think there's so much of this self-loathing going on? Mm. 
I think it. You know, I think some of it. Uh, again, so many different reasons. Really, we we as a society, we seem to have got so lost. Really, um, but the, you know, the media and advertising, I think, has a lot to answer for. You know, you're supposed to be this perfect, you know, uh, figure or this, you know, macho bloke. Or and if you don't fit into the, you know, these thin, stereotypical sort of categories of what it is to be a man or a woman. We always feel inadequate. I think social media has a, you know, has a lot to do do with it. You know, again, this sort of representations of, uh, you know, just showing my shiny, happy self, and everybody else thinks, oh my god, you know, everybody else is all sorted, and it's not, ju- you know, it's just me that's that's a bit of a mess. And I think, you know, it, it's it, just because we are, you know, we're taught to pursue and, and you know to to seek external validation all the time which you know which which in a way is is it's like sticking a bandage you know sticking a a bandage uh, over a wound that actually needs cleaning out and, and needs healing properly it, it, the, the 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 root for me of self-love is acceptance it's just this acceptance of, of who we are, but but society and the world seems to teach us that whoever we are, it's never good enough, and you know we become prisoners of our own heads, you know our own minds, our minds. Uh, we've not been taught how to be mindful. We've not how been taught how to observe and witness our minds. We've not been taught how to um, you know how to deal with uncomfortable emotions so you know it's it's no it's no wonder really that we've just got so so lost um so so lost and and you know because we've been taught everything teaches us to look outside instead of looking within there's always this comparison I'm not, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's better looking, he's whatever, for, for men or for women. Yeah. And that's that's poison. Yeah. I had the sense as I was reading the book that both characters, at one they had this fear, it seemed, that uh, they're, they're potentially losing the relationship versus the fear of being alone. Mm. Now, how often do you see that dynamic? Well, that's... Um yeah, you know, I, I think that's that's really common, and I guess for a lot of people, they're not even aware of it. Um, but I, 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 you see, you see, my mom died when I was very young, uh, and 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 then I kind of lost two other mums, two other surrogate mums, you know, before I was five years old. So, you know, I had this sort of seed of trauma planted in me from a very young age, the fear of of being abandoned, of being left, you know, by woman you know by my mother in 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 the early stages but you know lovers became the representation of of the feminine and and this deep fear that I had but I realized you know as as I evolved and as I kept doing my inner work that actually you know to what extent was it that I wanted to be you know with my partner and to what extent was it that I didn't want to be with myself and so you know that became a you know, as soon as that realization arose, it's like, okay, so what do I need to do to be more comfortable with myself? Because, you know, I'm still coming from this place of, you know, a kind of addiction and just wanting her to complete me and to make me feel secure and so on. 
when you know that's not a that's like a mother child dynamic you know that that's not that's not what i choose uh, you know i want to go deep into love i want to go deep into the mystery of love and explore the divinity of love and you know and while this trauma is, is it was still um activated and still sort of present within me you know i i wasn't i i, I wasn't able to do that so you know uh, again the, the you know generally the guidance that we have is that you know you that you, you you just stick you stick together you know you you do uh, i guess that's becoming less uh, less so but there's still a sort of shame and guilt and or oh, the relationship failed Whereas, you know, my parents' generation, it was kind of like, you know, you stay together. If you're married, you stay together through through thick or th through thin. But, you know, it, it's all about how, to what extent am I at peace with myself? Then, the, uh, the, then my partner becomes the icing on the cake. Then she becomes something magical and beautiful. She's not, you know, it's not... It's just something to complete me or to, you know, to fill a gap that, that is within myself. What I saw or, or what I felt with the male character is, as you mentioned, it was almost this, it must be me. I'm the reason that people that I love leave me. It's me. I'm doing, it's uh, something wrong with me. And if I'm pushing them away. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a, there's a kind of yes and no to that, because what you know what tends to happen is that you know our, our relationships with our early caregivers, our mothers, fathers, you know, produces the template of what we know as as the masculine or the feminine or as man or as woman. So you know, for me in my story, I was attracting women into my life that would that that could replay the story that, that they were vibrating at a similar frequency to this woman this mother that i had as a child that, that that left me she left because she died but you know it's some strange i don't really understand how it works but we attract a partner that will that is similar you know to to, to our parents uh, uh, the experiences with our parents when we were young so you know, the, the, I was responsible to some extent because I was attracting women into my life. All my relationships have been similar. Women that were perhaps to some extent emotionally unavailable, uh, women that, that couldn't fully commit, you know, to the relationship because of their own woundedness around the heart. So, you know, I, I was responsible to, a, you know, to a, to a large extent, you know, for, for, for what I what I was creating but in that interesting dynamic then you know so for my twin flame in, in, in the story she you know she had her own wounds around the masculine which i was triggering so there's this you know double double dance going on where she has the potential to heal the wounded masculine within her that she experienced from her father and i had the potential to heal the wounded feminine within myself from the experience of losing my mother but that only happens when we can make it conscious and when we realize that the other person, that it's not about what they are doing. They are triggering something within us. And it's always about bringing that consciousness to the experience in the moment. I love that answer. That uh, it, it will make a, a number, hopefully a number of men and women stop this, stop this. 
it's me. I, I'm, I'm driving people away. It's, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, it's, it's these triggers that you have to, in, in, when you internalize and, and find yourself, then you're yeah. not a bad person. You're not the cause. Yeah, it, it, I guess it's how we define me in a way. It is me in a way. It's it's the story of me. It's the ego. It, it's it's what the ego, um, you know, it, the level of the ego is operating at. Yeah, that is me. But it's not the higher self. There is a higher, a deeper place that is untouched by our human stories. And, you know, and that is the, the place that we're coming home to. So, you know, it's like it is me, but it's not me. You know, I often say, own and honor your story, but don't lose yourself in it. I love that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about out of time here. This has been an extremely enlightening conversation with Miguel Dean, uh, showing a man's perspective on relationships and dealing with finding yourself, your inner self. So, Miguel, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Frank. It's been an absolute pleasure it's been a pleasure you know as i say the reason that i wrote the book was that the, the, the in the hope that it would touch many hearts and, and help people through this maze of uh, relationships so that you know we can all come home to love you know for ourselves and it does and it did ladies and gentlemen again we're just about out of time remember this no matter what life throws your way do three things look up get up never give up if you like more information about Miguel Dean or send an email to me at voice altering life altering events website and I'll make sure he gets it. If you've missed any of this show or any of our other shows, you can hear them on demand, including now iHeartRadio, uh, Alexa, and Google. So let me leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. None of us are in this alone. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Miguel Dean showed us where a number of those rocks are. Join us next week when we look at another life-altering event. Thank you for tuning in to Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Count.